Welcome to the New Humanist Advent Podcast, December the 16th, with our very own Professor Laurie Taylor. Well, my name's Laurie Taylor, and if I could nominate a scientist who should be celebrated at Christmas, then it would have to be somebody called Stanley Douglas Taylor, who happens to be my father, long dead now, but he was a scientist, he was a proper scientist, he lived for science, he was a... He worked in the sort of science of rubber, which is a strange thing to work, but he helped to invent Dunlapilla, all those mattresses that you lie upon. And he spent much of his life not only at work, working for Dunlops, which treated him very badly, a nasty, vicious firm, which slung him out when he was only middle-aged and forced him to go into secondary school teaching, which he couldn't stand. But nevertheless, he spent most of his time at work writing research papers on the nature of rubber and the viscosity of rubber. But the rest of the time, he spent in the garden shed, in our garden shed, our little shed in the back garden, where he spent all his time working and trying to develop work on resins, on which strange, strange substance. And as I was growing up, my mother always used to say, oh, your dad is such a boring person. Your dad's stuck in that shed developing resins. And really, he should be in here reading the literature that I read, because my mother was a great culture vulture. She read all these novels and books and used to impress upon us the importance of aesthetic and artistic endeavor and to consistently denigrate my poor old dad's work in the back shed. But I gradually came to love my dad's scientific nature. Because we'd have these little sessions and my mother would start talking about any subject at all whatsoever and she had such a, such a wandering sentimental mind and she'd start talking about how this wonderful book she had read revealed to her the miracles of God and Christianity, how it confirmed her Catholicism, how it made her believe in the afterlife, in the fundamental goodness of human beings. But when it came to my dad's turn to speak, what my dad always did, he always used to refer to all my mother's talk as your mother's muck. So he'd be quietly sitting there and he'd say, now of course, Lawrence, what you've got to understand about the atomic structure of the universe is that this, and my mother would go, well, Jesus had something to say about that. He'd say, don't listen to any of your mother's muck. For years and years, he kept saying, don't listen to your mother's muck. And I realized this was his way of sweeping away any trace, any iota of religion whatsoever. He was such a thorough, thoroughgoing materialist that he never even listened to any consideration of the possibility there might be other explanations for the development. He was so, just absolutely so indignant about mother's muck. And I remember one day when I sort of, in a way, was just beginning to tire of my mother's sentimental nonsense about the way in which the world was created in Jesus' image and how great literature mirrored this powerful divine conception. And my dad wandered in, as he often did, from the shed in the garden. In his hand, he was holding a small piece of wood. As he walked over to me, carrying this small piece of painted wood, I heard my mother say, Oh, dear Stanley, dear Stanley, don't bother Lawrence with all that nonsense from your shed. But he came over to me, gave me this piece of wood, and he said, you know, on this piece of wood, this is coated with resin. And one of the things about this coating with resin is that the surface of this is absolutely pure in terms of hue, intensity, and brilliance, the three components of colour. It is absolutely conformist right across its surface. Every other piece of paint that you put on the wall, if you microscopically examine it, you see that, in fact, it has differences between the edges, differences in the centre, no coherence. This... Lawrence, he said, looking at me, handing me the piece of resined wood, is pure colour. And then it struck me, pure colour. 
because only the day before I'd been reading a book about Mondrian, and I'd been reading a book about colour, a book about colour which not only told me about Mondrian's search for this, this goal, but also about Rothko's concern about pure colour. And suddenly the differences between art and science drifted away, and I realised that alongside my mother's sentimental take on the literary world, that here was something that was true and artistic. My father's scientific endeavours, his concern with the purity of science, had led him to to construct an object which was absolutely pure art.